What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys. No, no, that was an actual question. Oh, I'm probably fight to the death. No, I'm gonna curl up into a field position and wet myself. No, I've I think been, that's what you're supposed to do with bears. I've been waiting for my chance to kill cops, so <laughs> finally it has arrived. So I'm taking one of the bastards down with me at least. Great. No, now this this Zoom call is being monitored by 14 detective agencies. So I hope you're happy. I'm sure they monitor our shit already anyway <laughs> i doubt it we're not important no all right i'll keep talking about killing cops and no god damn it, it's gonna hit it get us on some sort of algorithm you know what pod didn't save america yeah well i mean really pod was just going after like a, a funny like a pun <laughs> <laughs> they didn't do it what the heck no podcast saved america yeah, that was a real shock. The podcast didn't save America. Yeah, not at all. Nothing. I mean, talk radio didn't save America, so I don't know why we expected a podcast to. Talk radio made it worse. I think podcasts yeah, did a shocker. too, actually. <laughs> I think, yeah. Turns out mass communication is, is not great. Yeah, it really feels like the last days of the dying empire in here lately. <laughs> See how it goes. The Visigoths are right across the, the hill, and there's the Vandals. No, we're just going to do it ourselves. Oh, no, maybe Iran might possibly, could have possibly a way to possibly make a bomb if they thought about yeah, whatever. it. Whatever. Shut up. Let's go to war. War. Nah, it's all bullshit. Who cares? It's all meaningless. No, there's meaning to it. It's no, just... it's meaningless. I'm a nihilist now. It's all propaganda. You already were a nihilist, sort of. No, nah, not really. I just like the simple things. Simple pleasures. Just full of pessimism in life. No, I just like can accurately see the world, I think. (laughs) Unfortunately, I was thinking about that the other day. I don't want to be one of those people like complains about the left wing. Remember the left wing who complains about the left wing too much, but you mean like everybody on Twitter and Instagram? And yeah, but I was thinking, I think there is a legitimate argument for saying some of the prominent online left basically became left-wing just because they felt adequately bullied by like the internet culture wars yeah well and they're like i don't want to be a liberal because the uh, alt-right made liberals look dumb on the internet so i guess i'll be a marxist now yeah well i mean that's kind of just the people on the internet have found their niche you know and everybody's looking for their their shield and a lot of people just use it. 
as well, a it's, um, as a shield so they can lob bombs. You know what I mean? That's, all, that's uh, my interpretation. Well, it's ways. like it's not an ideology anymore. It's just an, an identity is a weird thing. Like everything is just becoming. Right consumer identity you got to be able to boil yourself down into like, like what's your what's your what's your top three kyle what's your three what, you, you got what's your elevators pitch for yourself well you gotta yeah you just gotta have a series of bullet points so people can immediately get a vibe of what your your posting is going to be like that seems to be like the only important thing on the internet is like marxist leninist gay um i love fucking steven universe <laughs> that encapsulates me as a human being there seems to be plenty of people like that fucking weird yeah so that's what i mean I, the capitalism the, the consumer identities institutionalized people i would think people have already lost i don't know maybe it's just people on the internet people on the internet are fucking weird buy our podcast buy our podcast the podcast is free but <laughs> for um, now until we I mean, get an yeah. audience, and then I'm gonna start charging like Bill O'Reilly. As soon as Spotify gives us that deal, yeah, if Joe Rogan can say whatever he wants, why can't we be on Spotify? I forgot what stupid thing did he say recently. Oh, he was like, they've they've proven Antifa's lighting fires. In oh yeah, Oregon, <laughs> dummy. Yeah, he apologized the next day though because he's like, oh damn, I'm dumb. Which well, I mean, is, that's I mean, the default. It's Joe Rogan. Yeah, he's got a lot of stuff to go back and apologize about then, like the moon landing and shit. <laughs> Come on, you fucking idiot! I don't know. He's just like a knucklehead. I don't. It, I don't. It's. I guess the dangerous thing is people like think he is some he's like, uh, luminary he's, of some kind. Yeah, he's the Albert Einstein of knuckleheads, though. Yeah, but it's like, come on, he's just. And not, not that I actually mean he's smarter than the average knucklehead. I just mean that they hold him up like he is Albert Einstein. Yeah, he had to hold him in high regard. But he's just, you know, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> he's just so much as a slave to, like, the media conglomerate empire as anyone else. But for some reason, seem, people seem to see him as, like, an outsider voice. And it's like, no, he's um, been a slave to corporate media his entire life. He's just become independently wealthy in, like, the last decade. But, uh, you know, he doesn't have any interesting experiences or nuance or anything to share with anyone. He just, uh, he's an MMA guy. <laughs> Maybe he believes conspiracy theories and shit. You find plenty of those dudes. Whatever. Fuck it, man. We're not. I'm not about that life anymore. Deleted. I am. I'm about that MMA conspiracy theorist, uh, muscle milk, brain pill life. Oh no, I just. I'm not about that internet life anymore. I deleted Twitter off of my phone. Um, so you'll not be able to contact me. Well, you can still contact me on Twitter. I just won't ever see it. I'm going. All memes now. I'm going to dedicate myself to the Instagram page just posting memes. That's it. <laughs> what about TikTok? That's going to stick around now. And fuck like TikTok. Is, it's for kids. Yeah. That's who has money. No, the kids' parents have money. Exactly. For real. If you ever like watch TikTok at all, it is only like rich kids on that shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't it's watch. Like, I, I'm, I'm not on TikTok. No, I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not TikToking. Yeah, a lot of leisure time and a brand new car and big ass house. Fucking rich kids everywhere. Where they stay at? I'm a robber. Insane <laughs> to me. John Hughes movies make a lot more sense now. I'll tell they, you that. They do. There's like a lot of. I know, like the idea that middle class is dead because everyone's really poor. I don't know. There still seems to be like a lot of bougie upper middle class people. <laughs> yeah, it's just everybody below them is getting fucked. This is it. It's fucking doesn't even matter anymore. It's Halloween season. There's gonna be a full moon on Halloween. Perfect night to do a ritual. Ooh, maybe I'll play a Dungeons and Dragons with the kids that night. 
Oh, a spooky story, Dungeons and Dragons. Not me. I'm going to do a ritual, get this podcast on the map. You tried to do that once before. You did a ritual and tried to get the podcast on the map. Yeah, podcast time, isn't on any maps. It's, yeah, it's time to re-up the energy. It's been like a year. Time to try again. Why not? Why not, man? This fucking hol- it's fucking Halloween. I mean, it's a fun thing to do on Halloween anyways. The um, people who actually... We should do a live uh, Ouija board reading on Halloween because there's another bunch of people trying to do that shit and it doesn't work. Man, fuck that shit. It's not real. Milton Bradley. I know. That's that what I'm shit. saying. Let's just fucking do it. No, I got real shit to do. Sex magic. <laughs> <laughs> got some real shit to do. All right. Don't have time. I can't live stream me having sex while with candles. I mean, I could, but not on Twitch. No, maybe. Depends on who you are. So you be on my OnlyFans. <laughs> From what I understand, OnlyFans is, is just where you scam people out of, of money. No, that's what, that's what celebrities do. Not the common man. The common man, we're in it together to scam each other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't finesse a finesse. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Uh, but yes, it is now spooky season. Our tour of Italy is done. In fact, it was all just a trick to get everyone to watch Suspiria, one of my favorite movies of all time, directed by one of my favorite filmmakers of all time. <laughs> Take that the rest of Italy. Also, these this, this ex- one's like a real movie. <laughs> yeah, and the exploration of Italian cinema we did, none of it was filmed in Italy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or even takes place in Italy. None of the movies we watched. Yeah, this one doesn't take place in Italy either. Went to Berlin, um, Austria, or no, Budapest, Hungary. Uh, then we were in New Orleans. Now we're back in Berlin. Ain't nobody filming in Italia. Apparently parts of Demons was filmed in Rome, but I, I don't know where it's at. <laughs> Just the movie theater, inside the movie theater. On a soundstage in Rome. Yeah, but this is the final entry in our tour of Italy, and it's also Ciao to Italy. Halloween time. Halloween. Halloween. It's still like 110 degrees outside the fucking whack. Kyle, it's 107. Don't oh, sorry. But anyhow, it's Suspiria, also known as the ultimate nightgown experience. Roses are red, violets are blue. I've never seen the remake, but I can immediately tell you how they ruin it. They overexplain everything. Well, we'll talk about the remake at the end, but yeah, that's pretty much it. It's they. It's, it's two and a half hours long. So. Oh my god, this movie is <laughs> what an hour thirty? <laughs> hour forty? Hour thirty-eight minutes or something? Yeah. 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 So the remake's two and a half hours long. Think about that. Imagine how 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 would you pad out 
Suspiria to make it two and a half I, hours. Like, generally speaking, hmm. horror movies should not be over two hours ever. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it kind of depends on the I, style of movie. But, and how um, what the and the kind of um, emotional commitment you're asking for the audience too, because it gets to be too much at some point. True. Uh, the Suspiria remake is kind of like um, a slow boil, meditative sort of experience, similar to I don't know more modern horror films. Obviously, the more art house types, like Hereditary, The Black Coat Daughter, stuff like that. I just, just think some, yeah, it's just a not as kind good. of horror movie that's over like an hour or forty, really. I mean, you if you're gonna re- if I was gonna remake Suspiria, I wouldn't be worried about runtime. You know, if it got to two hours, whatever, it's fucking how I wanted to make Suspiria, whatever. Um, but the, and they don't do. A, I I won't. The Suspiria remake is not boring. It's just um not good. Not as good. My my the reasons I think it's bad are not the same reasons that other people think it bad. Think it's bad. Most people. Other people think it bad. Me think it bad too. Me think bad for different reasons. Yeah, most of the criticisms are it being too long and too meditative, and the pacing is too slow. But like none of that shit bothers me in movies, and I think actually works well for the type of story they're trying to tell in the remake. I, it's just um it didn't need to be remade, especially not in such a bland way. But we'll hear more about that later from um, people who know more about filmmaking than I. Roger Ebert. No, he's dead. He didn't get to see the Suspiria remake. (laughs) He probably would have been like, fucking 10 stars better than anything Italy ever shout out. I don't don't like Italian movies. (laughs) An American newcomer to a prestigious German ballet academy comes to realize that the school is a front for something sinister, a myriad, a series of grisly murders. Witch, yeah, witch, it's obviously, uh, it's a Berlin ballet academy. Duh. It's witch, 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 witch. That's the also, this uh, Goblin soundtrack that um, does sound like a Goblin is singing through most of it. There's uh, barely any singing in it. Well, it's like kind of like a rhythmic chant, isn't it? Turn a couple of the soundtracks. They just go like, yeah, and then there's hisses, and they go, "Witch, witch." I don't. It sounds like a ritual to me, which is perfect, perfect for the film. Everything about this film, perfect. Ten out of ten. This is absolutely my top ten favorite films of all time. Dario Argento, top ten favorite film directors of all time. Ah, uh, thank you. Unfortunately, though, Dario Argento is a little guy. He's only five foot eight. Uh, it's always about size with you. Mm-hmm. Size doesn't matter, Kyle. Think about the fun size candy bars at Halloween. The size of Bullshit. his brain. I'd rather get a king right. size. Yeah, size does matter. Um, he was born in 1940 in Rome. Rome. Oh, what a time to be born. In Rome. Yeah, I mean, at least he's, by the time he's five, it's like, all right, we're done with that experiment. <laughs> time for something else awful. Neoliberalism. <laughs> um, Dario's Pops is a famed film producer himself. His name is Salvatore Argento. Salvatore. Salvatore. His mother, though, is a Brazilian fashion model named Elda Lazardo. Which is crazy because um, he's a weird looking guy. Dario Argento. <laughs> he didn't like get any of his mother's looks. Uh, look, look at mama, mama. Be a, a model man for the country, eh? No, Dario Gento looks like a Tim Burton character. Like he looks as spooky as like you see him and you're like, Yeah, this guy definitely made those movies. <laughs> Yo, 
he, he is the mayor of Gotham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, he's not some old fat um, Anglo guy. He's a spooky, angular, like fucking Edgar Allan Poe look type character. That's what I'm The mayor of Gotham is going to be some weird creepy dude that doesn't make sense. What, in the new one? I don't know. Probably not because they're not going to do anything cool. No, the new one, there'll be um, someone copying fucking, you know, the guy. The guy that's a good actor that was in the Nolan trilogy. Oh, Christian Bale. No, you know, the guy that played Commissioner Gordon. You know, he's like hella famous. (laughs) You know, he's Sid Vicious. Come on, you know, Fifth Element. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, now I can't remember his name, though. Uh, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman, yeah. Yeah. There'll be someone copying that or whatever. I don't know. Who cares? Who cares about the Batman? That shit's not ever coming out. Movies are done. The only movies coming out are ones that can afford to be on video on demand, like Mulan. And Batman. <laughs> and Batman. Dario Argento says his ideas for filmmaking come from Italian folktales told by his parents and other family members, including an aunt who told him frightening bedtime stories. He's also a big fan of the uh, Brothers Grimm, Hans Christian Andersen, and Edgar Allan Poe. Shockingly. This is a very Poe style movie. It is pretty much a fairy tale, right? She arrives at the airport, goes on a journey through the woods, arrives at a mysterious, like, building where there's mysterious witchcraft stuff going on. It's almost, you know, just like fucking grim fairy tale. Interesting. (laughs) Hmm. Huh. Interesting. So Dario started as a film journalist all the way back in the equivalent of Italian high school. And uh, he was so good at it, he said, fuck college and just kept writing. Uh, then he eventually got some screenwriting jobs. Uh, obviously, his dad being a producer probably. and his mother being an international fashion icon, uh, it was probably pretty easy for him to just be like, fuck it, I do what I want. Well, here's the question for you. Did he ever piss on his Grammy? I don't know if he has a Grammy. He should have got one for with Goblin for the soundtrack, though. <laughs> so um, b- basically what got his career started was screenwriting for some of the uh, ye old spaghetti westerns, which includes A Cemetery Without Crosses and Sergio Leone's masterpiece, Once Upon a Time in the West. That's right. Dario Argento is the writer of that film. Oh, I think you're going to say Duck Sucker. Or Ducky, Ducky Sucker. Sucker. No, by the time Ducky Sucker came out, Dario Argento was directing his own films. <laughs> fuck are you, Sergio? Yeah, after Once Upon a Time in the West came out, uh, he got to write and direct his own movie, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, in 1969, released in the United States, 1970. Um, It's a pretty good movie. It's like a fun little giallo movie. Uh, It also became an international hit, and Argento starts popping off, and he gets to direct anything he wants because he's got the lira now. Oh, I make a Jaws, but uh, it'd be Italian man in the pool with a hairy chest. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of like Jalla. <laughs> I guess Jaws is kind of like a Jalla movie. It's kind of a slasher movie with the shark. Slasher movies copy Jalla. Huh. So he's just making thrillers and Jalla shit throughout the 70s until Suspiria. It has a lot of elements of Jalla and it's still like they're trying to solve a mystery. And people are getting murdered and shit, but it's also more... um supernatural and folk daily i like the the olden days of movies and they're like yeah we don't really have a plot let's make it a mystery that's like i mean it was that's how storytelling has been for forever you think about where it's like cozy mysteries pulp fiction you know what i mean everything's just like detective it's all these detective stories that's like always interesting shit to me anyways i still just like detective stories 
like when the whaling came out and it's like oh spooky korean horror movie but it's also just you know he's a cop trying to solve a spooky crime fucking magnifique every movie should be that everything should just be spooky detective shit (laughs) that's the name of uh, i'm not the spooky detective shit channel yeah, and one of my favorite Korean films of all time, Memories of Murder, directed by Bong Joon-ho. Check it out, everyone. It's a great movie. Uh, Argento no longer gives that much credit to her, but uh, Suspiria was written by his long, written in collaboration with his longtime partner and girlfriend, screenwriter and actress, Daria Nicolodi. Who? <laughs> Daria and Daria. Yeah, she had previously. That's so cute. That is really cute, honestly. It's DD's coming over. You got the kind of wine DD likes. As if they're one being. Exactly. That's how you do it. Interesting. Uh, I also like to think he's like uh, George Lucas. He's like, "Uh, she's not really thinking it's all me. I mean, they're they're pretty open about the writing experience back in the day, but like once they split up, he was like, no, she's a jerk. Yeah, she, uh, she make my penis a soft. Yeah, she's a witch, witch, witch. Uh, so she was in his previous film, Porfondo Rosso, which is deep red. And uh, then she, then she, she starts writing movies with them, and it is basically in all of his movies all the way up until the late eighties when they um split up. And uh, she's a shit. She's no good. I was all a Dario, not a Daria. Huh? You remember that, Dario? <laughs> Dario, not Daria. So, um, with other Italian, as with other Italian filmmakers, his films are regarded by some critics. Uh, in parentheses, you would say these are losers, <laughs> as cheap and overly violent, lacking coherency, etc. Okay, I mean, like, name an Italian movie that's coherent. Um, basically, all of Dario Argento's movies. Which is why they're wrong, because he's the best Italian filmmaker of all time. Head and shoulders above the others we've watched so far. He's a South Ride director. Plenty of original ideas. Creatively defiant films. Love him. Superior top ten films. One of the best movies on planet Earth. Fuck you, Roger Ebert. <laughs> Poor Roger Ebert. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, though, Argento... Uh, I guess his golden age would be the 70s and the 80s. When he was working with Daria? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, the, with the exception of like uh, the Stendhal syndrome and maybe Sleepless, no one really likes any of his movies after the 80s. But he did direct Dracula 3D. <laughs> Which that's an important hallmark in cinema. <laughs> Yeah, Fangoria wrote in 2010, over the last decade, standards have slipped. For a filmmaker who was always so precise in his construction and cutting, his later films, such as The Phantom of the Opera and The Card Player, are sloppy, stitched together so carelessly that they leak vital fluid. Gradually, the kaleidoscopic style that once characterized his films has slowly blanched away. I disagree because Dracula 3D. (laughs) (laughs) Hear me out. Dracula 3D. Dracula 3D. So uh, he's um, got 28 titles he's directed on IMDb for his filmography. Um, all the ones that have been released so far, in my opinion, are bangers, including Dracula 3D. So I recommend everyone check him out. We're going to watch most of his movies at some point, I'm sure, on the podcast. 
but we're gonna watch Dracula 3D three times. Dracula 3D. I don't know if we'll get to that one because um, it's from like 1997 or something. But we'll there's like ten ten of them that we're for sure gonna watch. But I recommend everyone check out everything he's made. It's all good. Dracula 3D. I'm pushing Dracula 3D. <laughs> it's like a pretty After bad this podcast. Dracula 3D sales skyrocketed. Yeah, it, it had two. It's pretty bad, but it's pretty fun. <laughs> in his movies, whenever a male murderer's hands are only shown, um, especially in scenes with women being killed, Dario Argento uses his own hands. Hey, mm, Quentin Tarantino. You think that's weird or hella cool? Um, that's a little weird. I think it's weird <laughs> and hella cool. I mean, sometimes it can be both. Weird. Only only the director can get it right. Wasn't that with Quentin Tarantino when he had to try choke out Kruger for uh, Inglorious Bastards? It's like, <laughs> oh, only I'll be able to choke it right. <laughs> yeah, I, I know exactly how I want to choke. <laughs> yeah. Um, his he's quoted as saying, "Horror is the future, and you cannot be afraid. You must push everything to the absolute limit, or else life will be boring. People will be boring. Horror is like a serpent, always shedding its skin, always changing, and it will always come back. It can't be hidden away like the guilty secrets we try to keep in our subconscious." I don't think he knows a lot about serpents. I don't think they always come back. They're not phoenixes. Um, or is he mixing his metaphors? If you have you, if you, if you've ever owned a snake, you'll know that they uh, tend to escape a lot, but then they do come back when they're hungry. So there you go. <laughs> like my girlfriend had a ball python. I think I talked about it before. Her name was Aurora. She was great to sleep with in the summer nights. But sometimes she'd just get out of her cage. And like one time, we knew where she was. She had like crawled in under like the kitchen cabinets, but like at a point we couldn't reach her at. And we're like, well, I guess she'll come back eventually. And she did, because she was hungry. There wasn't any mice in those kitchen cabinets. <laughs> so maybe that's what he's talking about. Pet pet serpents? Yeah, they always come back when they're hungry. Like most animals, most pets. Uh, once again, the writers for the film, Dario and Daria. <laughs> Uh, Dario also helped write Inferno and starred in a bunch of Dario's movies. They never married, but she is the mother of Asia Argento, who we talked about um, previously. And they split up in the late 80s. Dario also had originally planned on playing a role, the role of Sarah in Suspiria, mm. but was unable to do so due to an injury. And she's quoted as saying, I wrote Suspiria for Argento, title, subject, and script. The inspiration came from a tale my grandmother Yvonne used to tell me when I was a child after an experience she had in a northern acting academy where she discovered the teachers were teaching arts but also black magic. Ooh. I was fond of this story of hers more than Pinocchio by Collodi and when I told it to Dario it was natural for him to fall in love with it too. It was his first step from thrillers to fantasy alchemy movies and we did it together. How romantic! And then he but no, it's, it's all of me. She did nothing. Why, I don't want to take credit for a Dario. <laughs> I don't know why she specifically mentioned Pinocchio. I guess yeah, maybe she's got an odd call out. I'm thinking that must be like the ultimate fairy tale in Italian culture or something. Like everyone fucking knows Pinocchio or something. Oh, yeah, that's fair, I guess. That would be my guess. Music provided by Dario Argento himself. Goblin. As well as Augustino Marangalo. Massimo Morante, Fabio Pignatelli, 
and Claudio Simonetti. Goblin. This is uh, the greatest film score of all time. It's actually pretty sparse. They basically just use the main theme over and over again, but the main theme is dope as hell and better than um, anything, that's all, anything else that's ever been produced, so it's great. Can't name anything better as far as film music goes. Just try. Maybe the RoboCop theme, but... But no, it's Gal- It's Suspiria by Goblin. Uh, Goblin already scored Argento's earlier film, Porfondo Rosso. Porfondo Rosso. And they're going to go on to score a bunch of other films after Suspiria. They are um, once again referred to as the Goblins in the opening credits. Uh, what's the deal? I wonder if they were, like, were going by the Goblins like casually at one point. Yeah, we're the Goblins. Yeah, we're the Goblins. We're the El, Gob- El Goblinos. <laughs> what are you, like, uh, Italian Vespa gang? <laughs> Uh, like Ennio Morricone's composition for Sergio Leone, Goblin score for Suspiria was created before the film was shot. And then uh, it also has gone on to be reused in multiple Hong Kong films. Just like uh, Sergio Leone. Yeah, they Leone do. Marconi. Yeah, Hong Kong films actually do reuse a lot of Italian music for their 80s kung fu movies and stuff. Pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, the main title theme, Suspiria was named uh, one of the best songs released between 1977 and 79 in the book, The Pitchfork 500, Our Guide to the Greatest Songs from Punk to the Present, which is done <laughs> by Pitchfork.com, of course, of course. More importantly, though, it was sampled on the Raekwon and Ghostface Kill song, Legal Coke. Check it out. Kyle Bob says, check it out. You're not Kyle Bob. You can't just declare that moniker. Kyle Bob Briggs. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Gross. Stolen Valor. <laughs> Kyle Bob sounds like a weird ass name. Yeah, that's a weird name. Me, Kyle Bob. Kyle Bob sounds like he's going to be a big asshole. I don't want to know a Kyle Bob. You're talking to one right now, Buster. <laughs> Fuck. I was right. <laughs> I'm a shit kicker. Cinematographer Luciano Tavoli. He was hired by Argento to shoot the f- Argento to shoot the film. Based on a color film test he had completed, which Argento felt matched his vision, in part inspired by Snow White. <gasps> Films use, fought, shot using anamorphic lenses and emphasizes vivid primary colors, particularly red, creating a deliberately unrealistic nightmare setting. Commenting on the film's lush color, colors, Argento said, We were trying to reproduce the color of Walt Disney's Snow White. It has been said from the beginning that Technicolor lacked subdued shades. And it was without nuances, like cutout cartoons. So he's like, fuck yeah, let's take the color of that shit. Oh. <laughs> take the color of my, of my asshole. And then after this period of filmmaking. Joseph's amazing um, Technicolor dream coat. Yeah, after the 80s period of filmmaking, uh, it became very important that your film was uh, as gray as possible. And luckily, digital film came along in the late 90s. And we're now able to have everything in fucking gunmetal. Or yellow. Uh, only if you go to the desert. Cast. Jessica Harper as Susie Bannon. End of list. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so in the 70s and 80s, uh, this is Jessica Harper. She is going to be the only person we talk about because who cares about anyone else? Everyone else is kind of there, you know? Um, in the 70s and 80s, she developed quite a reputation for herself as a cult actress. Uh, she appears in Kathy Cake in the X-rated film Inserts. <gasps> She was arguably the first serious American actress to have a truly explicit on-screen sex scene. Other memorable films, in my opinion, Brian De Palma's Phantom of the Paradise, 
Shock Treatment, the sequel to fucking Rocky Horror Picture Show. And then she's done tons of TV stuff. And then she has a pretty, not a large part in the Suspiria remake, but the small part she has is pretty integral to the story in the 2018 remake. And it is pretty shocking when she shows up. You're like, wow. There she is. It's Susie from the original one. Maybe I should watch the original one instead. If that's what you said. <laughs> oh, she's here to give us exposition. Um, no, Damn. not at all. No, Damn no. she doesn't play Susie in it. She plays Anka, a completely different character. But it is she German. Yes, yes, okay. she is. In real life, she's married to some film producer dork. I don't even write his name down because he sounds like a dork. I think that's his name, dork. Oh, yeah, in the nineties she spent uh, she spent the nineties recording, writing and recording children's music and children's books with her sister. <laughs> so she actually has a whole bunch of awards for that shit. <laughs> and then she's acting on TV again. She's a fucking cool lady, cool life. Like the whole I told you, I shoot, but you didn't believe me. Oh, why didn't you believe me? Started for life. She's like, hell yeah, I'm being this the fucking taboo X-rated film. And then she's like, now I'm writing kids' books. And she's like, now I'm back to acting on TV. I still it always whenever I hear someone's like a, a child's author writing child songs, I always think of the um, something awful Photoshop contest. It's like you know, uh, can't write, you can still be a successful children's author. Can't from the makers of can't draw, you can still be a successful children's artist. Yeah, that's just for true. I assume because kids are just like you write books like. I mean, go back and watch some of the old cartoons we used to like as kids, and like one out of a hundred holds up. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times because the animation is bad more than anything, and they're just toy commercials, and they're like, we got to get the plot in as quick as we can. Yeah, but that's true of like books and I think music too. It's like only the 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 cream is what rises to the top. Sometimes and then sometimes just shit just staying stays hanging around like Klingons on your butthole. Um, whatever is marketable and generates money is what gets to hang around. To be honest, it's a little bit different with music, I guess. But um, there's a reason why there's a bunch of shitty Transformers movies and Transformers is just a '80s toy commercial. Um, <laughs> Jessica Harper turned down a role in Woody Allen's 1977 film Annie Hall in order to appear in Suspiria. She said, fuck you, Woody Allen. I know you're a creep. Except for she had already appeared in Woody Allen's Love and Death and would it be in Sardis Memories after Suspiria. So, not so like, much. I don't fuck care you, that you're Woody. a creep, Woody Allen. I just had something else going on. I don't think people knew he was a creep in the 70s. Or maybe they did. Who knows? Fuck know. it. Did you just become a creep one day? I don't you know. No, you just get caught eventually. Or eventually you get so reckless that you marry your adopted well, daughter. Well, you know, yeah, but no, see, they're consenting adults now, Kyle, so it's fine. Yeah, but it's still fucking weird. Yeah, he's not technically he's not <laughs> his adopted daughter, but still fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah, the rest of the cast are great. Got a bunch of beautiful Italian names, beautiful, strong, powerful, witchy women. Um, but they're not important to the movie. The only character, the only person in the movie whose actual character is Jessica Harper as Susie Bannon. <laughs> no, the uh, the dancing instructor too. The really abrasive German one. <laughs> I da, guess you dance now. She yells at everybody a lot. That's for true. Blind man, run, run <laughs> blind. Here's another weird quote from Argento, where he says, uh, "I like women, especially beautiful ones. If they have a good face and a figure, I would much prefer to watch them being murdered than an ugly girl or a man." 
I certainly don't have to justify myself to anyone about this. I don't care no, what anyone. You don't. <laughs> I don't care what anyone thinks or reads into it. I have often often had journalists walk out of interviews when I say what I feel about this subject. It's like, yeah, you don't have to justify it, but it seems like he's bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like you don't you don't have to justify it, but the other people are perfectly uh, within the rights to be like, well, it's fucking weird, man. <laughs> I'm with them though. I get it. That's like a hallmark of Giallo slasher horror films. That's what it's all about. That's what you expect. It's what you enjoy. I mean, if you've I'm seen a horror movie it. or a slasher movie, that's uh, that's obviously what what um, at least the case of those fucking movies is that you're not going to be going to see a, a ugly person get killed. You barely see men get killed. But I mean, you barely see your ugly people in movies. Paul Giamatti. That's it. <laughs> Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen is not ugly. <laughs> he's a completely normal-looking dude. Yeah, but for Hollywood, he's ugly. He's perfectly average. No, all he has to do is get in shape. It's like the same thing that happened with Chris Pratt, where it's like he's not... No, Chris Pratt was always had a handsome face. I don't know. I think Seth Rogen's the same thing, where it's just, oh, he's oh, kind of out of shape. Oh, he's got a crush on Seth Rogen, is what I just heard. No, it's um just the, the superficiality mm. of male attractiveness, especially as determined by Hollywood. You're into, you're into Seth Rogen's. Like, um, hold on, let me think. I bring up plenty of examples of unattractive men that are in good shape that have been touted out by Hollywood. Oh, I mean, like, half the most beautiful men alive are just fit that criteria. Yeah, that's what I mean. So there's fucking Hollywood standards of beauty are fucking. I mean, Blake Shelton won it once, and he's neither in shape or handsome. They had to pay for that or something. I don't know. That one's weird. I mean, Rock got it once too. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. It's like he's not that attractive, man. He looks kind of weird. I love how it's cool. Like, he's committed to being that buff, but it's fucking crazy, man. <laughs> That'd be like if Arnold Schwarzenegger won it. Like, yeah, it's cool that he's that buff. He's My not... ground would be excited about. <laughs> yeah, but he's not that good looking. <laughs> weird. Anyhow, um, I agree with Argento. I f- I get it. No need to justify. I only want to see a sexy woman get a stab. Get you out of here, you ugly women. Well, yeah, it's like one of the aesthetic things I like about horror films. Um, said it's going to be more honest about my humanity. Like, yeah, fuck it, I'm into it. I don't need to justify it. Like, uh, it doesn't affect my politics at all, I don't think, because that's not real life. That's just the type of shit I like to look at it. Fuck it. Fuck you. No, fuck you. Last week, Lucio Fulci was talking about how he wanted to make true film. Remember that? He was like, this is real film. Yeah, but he's kind of like talking on his ass. He's like, yeah, you can't, like, only only the geniuses will understand my true film. Yeah, and he it kind of sounded like bullshit when he was saying it, right? Yeah, because he didn't make that great of a movie. Yeah, but with Suspiria, it's not bullshit. Because we, uh, I, well, I, I guess you don't know for a fact, and many listeners probably don't know for a fact, but up to this, up to this point with Suspiria, our Diary of Gentile already made like three movies with a perfectly succinct, capable storytelling and complete structured story. They're still giallo, so they're a little bit wacky, and like maybe the pacing of the film is a little bit weird, but they make way more sense than most of their Italian movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Once Upon a Time in the West makes perfect sense. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. The What sets people off at the broader sense of Italian films I, mostly is like the overdubbing and the pacing sort of thing. Which yeah, that all Argento films are going to be like that too. I mean, so. how can you? That's I don't know, whatever. That's, that bothers everybody you, loves whatever. Spaghetti westerns, but, but yeah, they have the same ADR of everything. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so with Argento, it's not bullshit. He's a perfectly capable filmmaker. He specifically made Suspiria into fairy tale nightmare, and he succeeded. Therefore, Lucio Fulci, you lose again. Oh, no. Papa, take me back. <laughs> His follow-up to Suspiria um, Inferno gets a little bit off the rails, but we'll talk about that more next year when we watch Inferno. <laughs> Hooray! Something to look forward <laughs> to, guys. So, Suspiria, huh? It seems like, well, just Grimm's fairy tale, a spooky story that Daria told Dario. Hmm, nothing very literary about the film, right? It's just witches and shit. Wrong. It's partially based on Thomas de Quincey's 1945 essay, Suspiria de Porfundus. Dario used de Quincey's Suspiria, particularly Lavana and Our Ladies of Sorrow, as an inspiration for his Three Mothers trilogy of films, which includes Suspiria. Inferno, and the Mother of Tears. This influence even carried over into Luca Guadagnino's 2018 version of the first film, Suspiria. Oh, Oh. whoa. My mind is the same as it was. Yeah, actually, when I was watching the Suspiria remake for the first time, when they started talking about the Mothers of Sorrow, I was like, what? Fucking, what? I I was actually shocked that it was in the movie. Because it's like not in Suspiria very much and it's not until Inferno that he starts to lay the like connective tissue to make it a trilogy of films and then the last one the Mother of Tears doesn't come out until like 2007 anyways it's like um, within the lore of Argento himself this is part of Suspiria but it's like not actually in the film at all so when I was watching the remake and it was like a major plot element I was like oh that's pretty cool that's pretty cool and um, and that's why it was two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah, because, I mean, you also got to talk about the Civil War and the Holocaust and German guilt, right? German Why guilt? Why not? No, we're not guilty. Yeah, we've done nothing. No, it's not in the Rammstein music video. They did a lot of bad stuff. No, no, no. That's, that's not Germans. Oh. Technically, it wasn't the German state for a lot of the events. <laughs> <laughs> Which ones are we talking about? Been- I mean, uh, Germany hasn't existed very long as a unified state. Oh, yeah, since like 18... What, the, when was the Prussian, Franco-Prussian War? 1850? Something like that? I don't know. I know but at the same know. time, the uh, Franco-French Republic really starts, too. Yeah. So Germany and Italy are younger than the United States. So, um, whipped out, if you're a young kid, whip that out like your high school history teacher and see what they do. Blow their minds, man. They won't be ready for it because it's not on the fucking the state exam or whatever. I mean, I know China would argue it too, but we're we're older than the Chinese government as well. Yeah, that's true. Even though they try to say that they've been around for two thousand years, but that's crazy. that's right, never ending empire, buddy. <laughs> okay, that's that's some cool. That's some some that's some cool ass propaganda. I'll yeah, that's it. some <laughs> slick ass nationalism. <laughs> wow, you. Oof. I don't know that that bears out on the historical record at <laughs> fucking all, but okay, you could go with that one, guys. <laughs> go check into it and tell them they're wrong. You won't be allowed on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already not. Um, Argento said the idea for the film came to him after a trip through several several European cities, including Lyon, Prague, and Turin. Um, this is where he starts to lie and say that Daria didn't just tell him the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> he became fascinated by the Magic Triangle, a point where the countries of France, Germany, and Switzerland meet. This is where Rudolf, Rudolf Steiner... Can, I think, can you think of anything less magical than France, Germany, and Switzerland meeting? 
Yeah, I don't know what the what's so special about France, Germany, and Switzerland meeting. It's not like the, those are like recognized as great powers of great cultures of magic, right? Obviously, every culture has like their indigenous like um, pagan beliefs that predate Christianity. Um, what's the magical power of France, Germany, and Switzerland? Especially because it all used to be like unified Gaul, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> But um, this is where Rudolf Steiner, controversial social reformer and occultist, founded an anthroposophic, anthroposophic community. He's an Austrian philosopher, social reformer, architect, esotericist, and claimed clairvoyant. He's actually a pretty interesting dude. If you want to learn about him, check it out. This isn't like a spooky paranormal podcast, though, so we won't talk too much about him. Yeah, you would talk the last podcast and left about that show. Yeah, maybe they'll talk about him eventually. Also, but I'm going to start claiming to be a clairvoyant, too, because fuck it. Why not? Yeah. Oh, by the way, I called the the this the podcast came out after the Clippers already lost, but I definitely called them losing. Hopefully yeah, there you go. <laughs> I guess you can predict the future. And that's I also predicted um, Ruth Badger Ginsburg dying. <laughs> well, I mean. No. I predicted it years ago. <laughs> after she got cancer for the 30th time. <laughs> She's finally lost her battle with uh, lung, heart, pancreas, stomach, eye, teeth cancer. <laughs> By the end, she may have mostly been cancer. Yeah, she was like that um, episode of X-Files where the dude uh, is being sustained by cancer, remember? like he gets, that? He's an EMT and he gets his head decapitated, but he's able to regrow a new one because of the cancer regenerating cells, and he keeps eating the cancer out of other people to stay alive. That was Ruth Badger Ginsburg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's why the reason she died is because of the quarantine. She couldn't get out there. She couldn't get out there and get the cancer, huh? Yeah. I fucking, I'm calling it. We'll never see any evidence of it because of the goddamn communist government. <laughs> yeah, that's the communist fascist deep state. Yeah. Them and their Muslim anarcho-Christian socialist ideas. Fucking straight from the I'm just going to put buzzwords together until someone pays attention to me. They're all hashtags anyway, now, anyways. We were talking about that at the beginning of the podcast, yeah, remember? Yeah. It's all pointless. It's all means nothing anymore. Just put on a t-shirt or some shit. It is just your brand identity. It's like you go get a fucking anarcho-syndicalist face mask off of Redbubble or Etsy. Go check it out, you fucking consumer. <laughs> yeah, but these consumers are small market. You know what I mean? They're mom and pop. Yeah, that, I, I guess that's true. <laughs> You're selling out to, to local business. <laughs> Let's, I just got to make sure everyone knows what my brand is, you know? Uh, commenting on witchcraft and the occult, Argento stated, there's very little to joke about. It's something that exists. What do you Ooh, think about there's that? There's very little joke about. <laughs> you sound pretty doubtful for a guy who's heard a lot of ghost stories from a bunch of women in our family. Yeah, well, fuck them too. <laughs> what? <laughs> They're all witches. <laughs> I mean, not a single woman in our family is a goddamn witch. They're all Irish witches. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing funny. I mean, even if it exists, that doesn't mean there's nothing funny about it. I joke about real things all the time. Yeah, also, witchcraft does seem pretty funny. Like a lot of it, it seems like you have fun with it. Most magic, honestly, it seems like it's fun. Like a lot of magic, you fucking like drink and have sex and stuff. Like, that's fun. No, no, no. I'm not my kind of magic. You gotta be celibate for my magic. Catholicism? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it's like some sort of insult bullshit. Right? Once you've been, oh yeah, you get stronger by like not fifty years. Or some, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, expelling your testosterone. Whatever. I just recycle it and come directly in my own mouth. 
Hmm. Yeah, no one's still in my games. <laughs> <laughs> Especially not this goddamn earth. Uh, the title, the tighter, I can't speak very well today. It's Sunday. Yeah, we can tell. It's probably I've been seizure. smoking too much. I haven't been sleeping. I mean, who knows? I'm uh, smoking. I'm drinking. Not f- yeah. Fuck around with doing one woman. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, it's apparently pretty unhealthy to be as alone as I have been for so long. So um, my mental faculties are declining. I'm turning into like an ancient witch who will get stabbed in the neck when lightning flashes. Maybe you're just getting that Ronald Reagan mud brain. I need to read more or something. Yeah. I, like read more real shit. I read a lot all the time, but <laughs> maybe something that uh, uses my imagination or something. Oh, you're reading the, the news? The new, sh- yeah, I mean, I'll go down rabbit holes and like, like we were talking on the uh stream. I was like, Oh, I need to learn more about the history of pornography, especially, you know, oh, yeah, like something you actually don't need to learn about, <laughs> yeah, but it's like interesting to me. So I'll read about shit like that, but that's not, I don't know. I feel like reading historical information and shit like that and like storing away for later doesn't stimulate my brain in the same way as like using my imagination to read a book, you know. Yeah, see, see. Well, anyway, anyhow, the title and general concept of the three mothers, a concept Jarna Argento would expand upon in Inferno and Mother of Tears. Just as there are three fates and three graces, there are three sorrows, which is, um, you know, mater, the Latin word for mother, is it pronounced mater or mater? Is it a mater? I think it's mater. Mater. Let's check it out. The internet can tell me, hopefully. Because <laughs> maybe they're just gonna assume it's Mater from Cars. Yeah, it is like Mata, 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 which makes more sense because that sounds like Mother. Speaking your words, right, the boy. <laughs> Mata, say them right. I get the beat with a stick. <laughs> Mater like Ramarum, Our Lady of the Tears. Mater Suspiriorum, Our Lady of Sighs, and Mater Tenebrarum, Our Lady of Darkness. <laughs> Uh, once again, full moon on Halloween. Great time for a ritual. Uh, hit me up if you want to um, participate in the ritual. Who wants to be the lady of size? Mm. Ooh, I'll show you a real lady of size. And then afterwards, you'll see a real lady of tears. <laughs> That'll be me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I miss my ex-girlfriend. No, nah, not really. I have a healthy relationship with all my ex-girlfriends. Not the one you keep in the basement. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, speaking of recording this on Sunday, September 20th is um, one of my ex-girlfriend's birthday. Happy birthday, Kat. Katarina. It's also our parents' anniversary and our sister's birthday. Or is her birthday tomorrow? Yesterday. yesterday. That's what it is. So, cool. But especially happy birthday, Kat. Parents' anniversary, whatever. Sister's birthday. Yeah. You know, I've been married for like 400 years. I don't know as long as I've been alive. <laughs> Longer. At least. <laughs> oh, shit. It's 40 years at this point, isn't it? How old are you? It was 1980, wasn't it? Or is it 41? I think they got married in 80 or 81. I thought it was like 82 or something. No, you might be right. I think it is their 40th anniversary. Damn. That's a long ass time. Time just keeps on slipping into the future. Sometimes um, I wish it slip in the past. I think it's like slipping I'd be into way the, better at living <laughs> in the past. It's more uh, slipping into uh, what is that? Uh, Il Buco in Boco al Lupo, <laughs> the mouth of the wolf. <laughs> That's what time said. <laughs> the seams are coming apart. 
Uh, Suspiria was released in Italy in February of 1977. 20th Century Fox acquired the American distribution rights, but due to its violent content, they were hesitant to release Suspiria. So it didn't come out till July 1977 through a shell company called International Classics. 20th Century Fox. Don't put our name on that bullshit. Yeah, the fucking losers. The losers. Uh, It's going to be garbage. No one's going to watch that shit. Uh, the original American cut was uh, shortened by eight minutes in order for the film to pass with an R rating. Take out all the blood. I'm wondering what they cut because I guess it's it that bad. I guess no, by 1970 standards, but I'm guessing maybe the heart being stabbed in the beginning would probably be cut, even though it's like cute. You know what I mean? Because it's such a cute practical effect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think people thought it was cute. Well, yeah, back then, you got to think this is like Star Wars has just come out. This is only a couple of years after The Exorcist. People are like pussies. <laughs> <laughs> Why isn't she vomiting pea soup? Maybe some of the stuff. I guess it's blood and shit. I don't know. Yeah. Even though the blood looks like fucking spaghetti sauce. You know what I mean? It's not legit ass blood. No, when I make a movie, it's real blood. Hell yeah. Despite initial reservations, the film's American release was a commercial success. Oh and my god. Ah, uh, damn it. Uh, we should have put it on Fox. Fuck us. Fuck yeah, us, an asshole. It actually been, ended up being the seventh highest grossing release of the year in theatrical rentals. So you fucked up, Fox. Except for they didn't because they still got all that money, you know? Yeah, you know what? I don't feel any bad about it. Yeah, I still get the same bonus. They don't even care. They just like, whatever. Thanks for the money, you Italian scrub. I didn't even watch it, which is, who cares? <laughs> It's all about that wasn't Star enough Wars, tits man. in it for me, you know? They're, I mean, it's 20th Century Fox, so they also released Star Wars that year. <laughs> Star Wars. the number Wars. one release and the number seventh release. I'm sure that, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes also ranked at number 41 on their two, 2010 list of the greatest horror films. 41 seems kind of low to me. Uh, contemporary reviews. I'd have to see the list, but it's 41 does seem pretty low. Yeah. I mean, it looks just based on like cinematography, set design, costuming, lighting. What was number alone, one, the like, Probably The Shining. No, that's not impossible. Stephen King doesn't like it. Yeah, but Stephen King doesn't like it because he doesn't know how to make a movie. <laughs> he, what? Oh. You saw... Uh, Maximum Overdraft? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, Cocaine made that movie. <laughs> cocaine and Emilio. Emilio! Uh, contemporary reviews for the film were pretty mixed, though, as you would expect for an Italian horror film. Uh, Janet Maslin of the New York Times wrote a mixed review saying the film had slender charms, though they will most assuredly be lost on viewers who are squeamish. So basically, hey, baby brains, don't watch this movie because you'll get uncomfortable when you're baby brains. Los Angeles Times, Kevin Thomas. He's back again with his boring-ass name. Remember Kevin Thomas? <laughs> uh, no, I don't because of a stupid, boring name. I'm blocking <laughs> from my memory. Exactly. Indeed. My name is it's, it's Guy Hugh Man over here. He says the uh, film was consistently suspenseful and diverting despite being marred by stilted, poorly dubbed English dialogue. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Uh, part of the charm, all buddy. Italian part of the charm. Are marred by stilted, overdubbed on dialogue. This uh, next one is uh, the funniest to me because it's like a stupid person wrote it. <clears throat> a stupid person who thinks they're smart. So imagine this um, 
having like 40k likes on Twitter. Are you ready? Shoot. John Stark of the San Francisco Examiner was critical. John Stark right. of the New York Knicks? Nope, San Francisco Examiners. He wrote, uh, Suspiria is mostly gore with little plot or intrigue. And then um, Gene Siskel expressed similar sentiments while praising Argento's visually stylish direction. He felt that Suspiria was inferior to his directorial debut, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, and said it plays like a weak imitation of The Exorcist. The fuck does that mean? It doesn't have anything to do with The Exorcist. <laughs> That's like, Gene, I'm Gene Siskel, and I've seen one other horror movie. <laughs> it was The Exorcist. <laughs> Fucking lame. I don't know what you're talking about. I think that had a lot to do with The Exorcist. There was demons. Witches are demons, 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 right? <laughs> now, witches are, are, are the bride demons. of the devil. I don't know. They didn't get into the lore of it in they the film. S- they sleep with the beast who must not be named. Could be Kyle me. McDonald. <laughs> That's right. Could be us. I just need to ascend first. Hit me up for Halloween. Uh, retrospectively, though, Suspiria, of course, is considered the greatest film of all time by all critics and historians. <laughs> nope, nope. Fact check that. That's not right. Um, all right. Suspiria has been praised by some film historians and critics for his emphasized employment of color and elaborate set pieces. Film scholar John Kenneth Muir notes that each and every frame of Suspiria is composed with an artistic, remarkable attention to color. Also, um, Dario Gento has an amazing way of framing shots, and especially when he um, frames it so they get tricked about where the action is going to come from. Fucking amazing. A lot of people complain about uh, the segment in Suspiria where Sarah is investigating the uh, academy and she just jumps into a pile of um, barbed wire or razor that wire. great. Yeah, because like, why would she do that? Well, the, the first argument would be is it's kind of all like um, this, a psychedelic nightmare anyway, so maybe she doesn't exactly know what she's doing. But um, no, my argument is within the confines of the film, yes, it's lit in a way that we can see what's happening, but you have to imagine in the film, that's just film lighting, and she probably actually can't see what the fuck she's jumping into. But, but uh, and on the plus side of that scene, it also made me clench my butthole real tight. Yeah, because I don't think I'd want to fall in razor wire. Mm, me either. <laughs> also, it's just a, that's a great like old school jump scare too, where it's just like ah, I jumped in razor wire, ah, <laughs> and you're like, holy shit! Yeah, my horror movie we're gonna do the same thing, but it'll be like punji sticks. Yeah, that I mean, that's like honestly learning about that as a young kid, like that's the scariest thing about Vietnam to me. <laughs> Thanks, Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, sh- you just following him? Uh, the Village Voice ranks Suspiria number 100 on their list of the 100 greatest films made in the 20th century. Seems pretty high again. Hmm. Should have been probably. 100? Yep. Should have probably been number four. I don't know. I guess on a film list of 100 films. Yeah, it's 100 greatest films of any genre. So, so maybe I don't know that I would put it in the top 10, but. I, I mean, know. my personal list it would be in the top ten, but uh, obviously horror is not going to be. I, don't know. I mean, I've seen these lists before. I almost never agreed necessarily with the, with the top ten. Um, there's a lot of Citizen Kane. Yeah, when you when it gets down to like the nuances of people who think they're like cinephiles or fans of film, uh, it gets to the point where a lot of it is just more about which genre you prefer, you know. And then a lot of the people that are going to be writing for these major publications. It is going to be like a relatively safe, consumer-friendly list. 
I feel it will be at least angled that way to a certain extent, you know? But, so uh, Avengers Infinity War is the greatest film of all time is what you're saying. No way. That movie is like not going to stand the test of time at all. <laughs> it's going to be just a heartless, like fucking last action hero, 100 greatest films. <laughs> <laughs> last action hero is pretty good though. Yeah, well, I mean, like, you'll be lucky if Empire Strikes Back shows up on 100 Greatest Films. Oh, list, yeah, you know? no, I'm sure. Like, if they're going to do it, they'll say it's Star Wars, just like the honorable mention. It won't be Empire. Well, no, it'll probably be Empire. Think so? Yeah, everyone yeah, always sees Empire as being the best one. I just feel like those lists always, when they list a trilogy, they usually just list the first film, and it's kind of like, yeah, it's this one. Hmm, I don't know. I, I maybe. With Lord of the Rings, because Fellowship is the well, best Fellowship one. Fellowship is 100% the best one. Yeah, but that's like with Star Wars, Empire is 100% the best one, and it's like commonly yeah, agreed upon with most people. Walker. Fucking, that was like a McDonald's commercial or something. <laughs> it was worse than that. McDonald's commercials make sense. Um, Empire Magazine, speaking of empires, they awarded the film a perfect score of 5 out of 5. It also ranks Suspiria number 312 on their list of the 500 greatest films ever as well as number 45 on their list of the 100 best films of world cinema. Wow, they didn't even get to 100 on that one? It's 500, so they had to shuffle them around. You should be pissed. 312 out of 500. Yeah. (laughs) Ridiculous. It's still in the top 10. What are you thinking? I got you when I see you. I spit in your mother's face. All movie called it one of the most striking assaults on the senses ever to be committed to celluloid. This unrelenting tale of the supernatural was, and likely still is, the closest filmmakers come to capturing a nightmare on film. Hell yeah, Mandy comes close. Yeah. They actually are very similar vibes. Well, it's like when you're watching... Mandy's um, a little bit more like... A little bit uh, more surreal or psychedelic. Or I would even say like pedal to the metal action a little bit you know what i mean it's got um it's got like more balls it's got an iron maiden vibe to it i guess it's got like 80s like thrash metal vibe to it um that was like on the stream we were watching knifeless heart and i was like this is one of the movies where i feel like it was made especially for me so it's like knife and heart mandy suspiria um obviously i'm this movie's in my top 10 i love it i think it's one of the greatest ever movies ever made but that's because it is particular to my taste so I kind of understand it. Maybe not the same for everyone, but I, it's definitely one of the most important films that anyone should ever watch. And then after you watch it, you'll be like, damn, why don't they make any movies with color anymore? And I say, ah, Mandy. <laughs> That's it. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> color out of space. Um, Scary Tales to Tell in the Dark is not a good movie at all, but it, did they utilize color a little bit in it. Blade Runner 2049, but not as great. Dune. Dune. Cinnamon topographer. It looks terrible. terrible. We don't know that yet. We haven't seen it. it could no, I said it. I said it looks like with what I can see with my eyes. No, I just mean like we've seen a couple stills. Little, right? I don't think it's showing any actual shots yet. At least I haven't seen it. What? There's a trailer for it. Fool. Is there? I haven't fucking, I don't pay attention to this That's shit. That's why everyone blew up, blew up about it having the best cinematography ever. And I said, oh, it's about the color gray. There's a trailer for it and shit's all gray. Except for sometimes they're out in the sun, so it's yellow. All right. Entertaining Weekly ranks the spear at number 18 on the list of their 25 scariest films ever. And a poll of critics of Total Film ranked at number three on their list of the 50 greatest horror films ever. Perfect. There you go. 
That's number some real three. Shit. What would you put ahead of it though, if you had to list? If you said, <laughs> if I said it had to be number three, what would be number one and number two for you? Uh, number one, would Scream. Uh, number two, you list Scream that high? I fucking love Scream. Scream I love Scream. Really no, Scream would be in my top ten, I think, but I don't think it would be any. I don't think it'd be in the top five. Well, it uh, wouldn't be if I didn't. If I was. If I have to have Suspiria be three, it has to be a movie that I think is like as close to being as good as Suspiria. In reality, Suspiria would be number one, and Scream would be after it. But I feel like Scream's good enough that I'd be like, if I was forced to do it, yeah, Scream could be number one. And then number two, The Thing, I guess, maybe. Oh, I'm willing to say. The Thing would probably be my number one. Yeah. But that makes um, me mainstream as fuck right i think I, yeah the thing's pretty i don't know like, i don't know horror twitter so. well it's pretty like online reddit mainstream for sure but i mean horror twitter is more um the consumer product style oh, stuff for twitter friday the 13th up my asshole yeah hmm oh you know what uh Kwaidan, the it's the japanese like anthology horror movie from mm-hmm. the 70s i think i might that probably that instead of the thing like quite down a lot or house to house to I don't know, my top tens and stuff are usually more experimental shit. The thing is pretty experimental as far as like practical effects go, but John Carpenter's cinematography isn't quite my style. Except for I love John Carpenter anyways. Hmm. Who doesn't love huh. John Carpenter? Well, sometimes it's hard to rank him, but the reality of his Suspiria is number one. Scream is an amazing movie. The thing is an amazing movie. Um, House is a good movie. Quiet Dan is a really good movie. Um, I just like good movies and know a lot about good movies. Hit me up um, for a date on Halloween. <laughs> um, uh, as previously mentioned, Suspiria is technically the first of a trilogy of films by Argento referred to as the Three Mothers. It was not intended to be a trilogy. The connection just like the new about Star Wars the trilogies. Movies. Uh, it actually quite a bit to be honest where the, the idea of it being a trilogy exists outside of the trilogy but um there's doesn't seem to be much connecting the movies uh basically for the three mothers trilogy uh every movie just centers around one witch out of the three with the three mothers right um so they it's kind of similar to gates of hell where there's a witch somewhere who's trying to unleash evil from some location in the world Suspiria, we got Helena Marcos is Mata Suspiriorum, the mother of sighs, and she's trying to release hell in Freiburg, Germany. Freiburg. I believe uh, hell's already in Freiburg, Germany. No, the devil would not be able to fill out all the paperwork necessary to open home <laughs> up in Germany. Uh, sign here, an initial here. Uh, a 1980 film Inferno focuses on Mater Tenebrarum, the mother of darkness, in New York City. Uh, yep. New York Harlem, City. Huh? It just says New York City. It could be anywhere. <laughs> Final installment of the trilogy, The Mother of Tears, focus on Mater Lacrimarum, which means the Mother of Tears, and that's in Rome. I always knew the devil was in Rome. I mean, if that's where the God's like friend, the Pope, lives at. So the devil's probably which pope, too. Kyle? There's four of them. There's the Pope of Antioch. There's a the Pope of Constantinople. There's the one in Rome. No, those are uh, and, and those, Pope those are of anti, Alexandria. Those are anti popes. There can only be one. <laughs> what are you, Mel Gibson? <laughs> no, I just remember how I used to work in the Catholic Church two thousand years ago. Well, yeah, that, those those were actually just like states vying for power through the church stuff. 
No, that was like how Rome had it set up a uh, hundred years ago, back when like you know they controlled the Catholic Church. There's oh. four popes. There's still four popes. Was that like when they had to step into the power vacuum after the collapse of Rome? Yeah, that's when like all the, the and, like, Catholic Church. I know what to do. Let's install puppet dictators. <laughs> <laughs> Thank it, you. It worked for Sparta. I, I, you know, it it worked for them for a long time too. Honestly, <laughs> and then people are like, "Huh? Have you considered uh, human rights?" Get that Renaissance shit out of here. And then it was all downhill for them. And now the Pope's out there going like, oh, God doesn't hate your gay children. Shut up. All right, so that wraps it up for the original Suspiria. In a moment, we'll talk about the remake. But before we do that, what's your favorite scene in Suspiria? Honestly, the barbed wire scene might be my favorite scene. It's pretty cool. My least favorite scene is I like I love everything leading up to it. Um, I kind of don't like that um, Helena Marcos is just happens to be illuminated by lightning, and that's how she's able to stab her. Yeah. <laughs> I, and well, also, her turning she, invisible doesn't matter if she just stayed in the same spot anyways. Yeah, I think it would have been better point? if she just ran up and stabbed her anyways, you know? And so you're, bad at, you're clearly bad at being invisible. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dungeons & Dragons, she would obviously she'd roar at disadvantage, so she must have rolled mm-hmm. a critical hit to kill her in one blow like that. That's only I can assume. Yeah, you're probably right. This, they're probably doing it based off D&D rules. Uh, I've been playing fucking Divinity 2 again. That game is fun. That's, that's uh, D&D rules, isn't it? Um, I think technically it's going their own rules, but they're making Baller's Gate 3, which is specifically 5e. I think Baller's Gate 3, the earlier access, comes out at the end of the month, too, actually. Oh, shit, I want to get that. I think I might, too. Um, My least favorite scene is actually the, the scene with the blind man and the dog. Oh, yeah, I don't like it when dogs murder people. Me either, but more than that, it just didn't look as good as the rest of the practical effects in the movie. You know, yeah, because I guess it's hard to, like... Well, cause like an accurate dog puppet? Yeah, first you have to have, like, a kind of convincing dog puppet, and it has to, like, work in conjunction with, like, a relatively convincing, like, throat bite mechanism. I guess it'd probably be hard to do. But really, I guess like the opening ten minutes of the movie is like the coolest shit, to be honest. Because it really, oh, yeah, it, it sets you up for like movie. how fucking intense it's gonna be. Especially the drive through the uh, the forest. Yeah, well, that's like real spooky fairy tale shit. Like, that's Ooh. real spooky German fairy tale shit. I like when the very beginning when she's at the airport too, and like the um soundtrack is like relying on the doors of the airport opening. It's like the soundtrack doors close and the soundtrack stops and she's walking out into the wilderness that is Germania and then the doors open again. She walks out and the soundtrack kicks back in. And of course, it's lashing down rain. She can't get a cab. There's a cab driver. and He's he's just so spooky. Away you go. No, he's Germany. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't have a German accent, though. He just sounds like any old guy. Yeah, no, I don't get it. No one has a German accent except for uh, the doctor, the professor, who's... 100% yeah. never touch a German doctor, especially if they talk like that. And uh, the dancing instructor, right? Yeah. There's, there's, there's quite a few people with German accents in the overdub. Obviously, they're not during their... Uh, the people doing the voices aren't the actors anyway, so... Yeah. Now, you must drink wine. That's the solutions. Drink as much wine as I give you until you pass out every night. In fact, um, there's uh, famously... Uh, Udo Kerr, a German actor who's famously German and famous an actor who appears in the film. I guess we should have mentioned him earlier because he's like a legit... Everyone knows Udo Kerr. 
he's in the film. He doesn't have a German accent. He's overdubbed by the most blandest American-sounding guy of all time. <laughs> he's the guy that shows up to dump exposition when she goes oh, to like, the college or whatever. <laughs> yeah. He says um, a cult wrong. <laughs> not his fault. That's the W man. <laughs> no, I like the W man says a cult wrong. Try, oh, <laughs> yeah. it a cult or ecult or something. I can't even remember how he fucking says it. Ecult. Ecult. That's it. Ecult. Ecult. Trying to. Oh, sorry, find... Is there something in your throat, doctor? No, it is the ecult. Trying to find some uh, stuff that uh, Udo Kier has been in so you'll remember who he is because you definitely know who he is. Hmm, probably nineties weirdo. He's an ace Ventura pet detective. I can't remember what part. Probably the villain. Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny Mnemonic. He's in that oh, as a villain. A, that's a classic cyberpunk movie for you. Yeah. Uh, Barbed wire. He's a villain in that. Uh, what's the good There's one? There's a lot that, of villains. What I'm hearing. Well, he's German, so <laughs> they're always the villains. Uh, Blade. Do you remember the guy who's the leader of the vampires until Stephen Dorf takes over? No, because Stephen Dorff is so cool. Why would I give a shit about the other guy? Shit. I thought for sure that would be the one you nah, remember. I remember. I remember. I actually remember most of the plot parts you're talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, he's like the handsome German guy with intense eyes. And he's always, they always, he's always like some sort of aristocratic villain type character because mm-hmm. he's German. But yeah, so he's in Suspiria as a very young man. He comes to drop a bunch of exposition. And um, it's not his voice because he's like... All right, well, we'll do hear about uh, the occult. We'll tell you about the witches, okay? All right. All right. She was a crazy bitch. She had uh, hysterics because her mom died or something. You know what I mean? She was, like, real anxious and, and insane. All right. So I just gave her a bunch of orgasms and solved it. Right. Hell, yeah, that's psychology, baby. The 70s. <laughs> yes, yeah, the original Suspiria rules. It's in my top ten. It's probably my number one favorite horror movie, followed closely by Scream. Everyone should watch it. Um, there's obviously the same if you're not familiar with Italian film might be a little bit weird the overdub um, the plot is very loose but it's purposeful in this one and it all still completely makes sense it's just that she shows up to an academy where there's witches and she's got to defeat the witch that's it that's all you need to know it's in there that said it was announced through MTV in 2008 that a remake of Suspiria was in production to be directed by none other than the director of Pineapple Express, David Gordon Green. <laughs> <laughs> the announcement was met with hostility by some, including Dario Argento himself and me posting on the internet. In <laughs> so I wasn't very online in 2008. That was probably me more in my uh, party in days. So it's just you at a party, drunk. Rambling a bunch of your friends going, this is fucking bullshit. They can't do this to Dario Argento. And they're all like, who the fuck's Dario Argento? Yeah, so that's more accurate. Is Yeah, it's me talking to people at a party about it and then being like, oh, okay. And be like, oh, the guy that directed Pineapple Express? And they'd be like, yeah, that fucking asshole. And like, yeah, Pineapple Express is a good movie. And then they just start talking about Pineapple Express. And it's like, fuck you, man. <laughs> We're talking about Suspiria. You don't know. Read a book. <laughs> a woman falls in a barbed wire I'll pucker up her asshole god damn it it's still scary or still shocking in like a very visceral way like you said yeah, remember that my part butthole in, uh, a pineapple express when Danny McBride gets beat up it's pretty funny there's a uh, I don't know Danny McBride's got some good Danny McBride is pretty funny to me so he's got some good lines in it it's just one of those movies that I've like watched too many times late at night 
when you're like drunk and high after a party and like it's everyone I fucking everyone had that shit on DVD in my 20s you know what I mean <laughs> seen it so many times uh, in August 2008 it was reported that Natalie Portman and Annette Savage's handsome Charlie films were set to produce the remake and that Portman, Portman would play the role that would have been alright I guess but, but what happens but she decided to do Black Swan instead which is of course, the remake of the Japanese film Perfect Blue by Satoshi Kon. That's right. I'm calling you out, Darren Aronofsky, even though you basically admitted that was the case. <laughs> <clears throat> um, in 2012, the planned remake was put on hold. Then in January 2013, Green revealed that it might never happen due to legal issues. April 2014, Green admitted the remake was too expensive to make during the found footage boom, and thus the film was ultimately not made. Whew, close call there, huh? Let's do a found footage version, huh? But so there's a close shave there. Luckily, in 2015, it looked like, you know, we're safe from the Hollywood's clutches remaking Suspiria for no reason. Kyle, this is Hollywood, baby. Lost in the, the splendor that was the Obama administration, not worried about Suspiria being remade. <laughs> you and every other uh, left-wing progressive or liberal in the world. I mean, uh, my excuse is like I uh, was uh, drunk and partying and still living like the anarchist lifestyle. I was practicing my politics. I just wasn't paying attention to world politics because <laughs> uh, I was too busy partying. <clears throat> in uh, April 2015, unfortunately, in an English language television series based on the film, along with a series based on Sergio Corbucci's Django, was also announced as being developed. Oh, shit. Uh, both oh series were God. set to consist of 12 50-minute long episodes with the possibility of multiple seasons. Oh, gross. Yeah, luckily neither was ever made because that sounds like the most garbage bullshit motherfucking stupid American garbage idea I've ever heard. Like, Django Unchained was a success. What if we make a Django TV series even though the Django movie series has basically nothing to do with Django Unchained except for the name? Wouldn't that be cool? We could write off the popularity. Oh, um, hmm. No, no one wants to see it. Oh, I, oh, I think you're wrong. <laughs> so uh, once again, oof, bullet dodged, right? Wrong, wrong. Because short, a few months shortly later, in September 2015, Luca Guadagnino announced at the 72nd Venice Film Festival that he would direct a new version of Suspiria with the intention of using the cast of his film, A Bigger Splash, which is Dakota Johnson, Tilda Swinton, and some other people. Oh, everyone loves to tell the Swinton. But eh, Dakota Johnson, I don't care. And then what happened is he released the film Call Me By Your Name, which was a massive success. And um, everyone was like, sure, do whatever you want. And they let him make a Suspiria remake. Fuck. The film finished shooting in March 2017. The film was described by Guadagnino as an homage to the 1977 film rather than a direct remake. Just as um, you would say, uh, The Force Awakens is an homage to A New Hope. <laughs> Dawn of the remake. Dead is an homage to Dawn of the Dead rather than a remake. Yeah, Guadagnino's version is set in Berlin circa 1977 instead of Freiburg. Freiburg. The year in which. Our... Uh, it's 1977, though, the year in which uh, the original Suspiria was released. So technically, that probably took place in 1977, too. But with a the thematic focus on the uncompromising force of motherhood. 
Yeah, Which I guess is kind of in it. It um not really. I'm talking about the remake. Have you watched the remake? No, I'm just saying um, the, the original doesn't have really much. Oh, no, the original doesn't necessarily have a major socio-political message at all. Um, it was kind of groundbreaking at the time for um, an Italian director who was known for Giallo and shit to have a film that was basically an entire female cast. So. Um, unlike the original film, which used exaggerated colors, Guadagnino received the, conceived the visuals in Suspiria as winterish and bleak. Absent uh, of God primary colors. So, not anything like the original. Why'd you fucking bother? Yeah, and it does just kind of look like... It looks a lot like The Witch. Um, the Witch was like a very interesting cutting-edge visual style when it was released. But then um, every horror movie that wanted to take be taken seriously afterwards copied The Witch. And I feel like uh, Suspiria Remake did too. It's not spooky unless you take out all the color. Yeah, how will people take the spook seriously if there's color in it? Have you ever gone outside and looked at shit? There's no color out there. Everything's gray. <laughs> it's all washed out. I, I know every time I've been scared, it's because it's, it's all gray around. People only wear clothing that's brown and or people only wear earth tones, right? <laughs> Pretty sure that's the case. <laughs> I ain't never seen anyone with gold jewelry on. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like very dark blue. Yeah. Uh, I got to make sure to film everything so that uh, it'll look good on concrete like a Marvel movie. Critical response to the film has been polarized. Luckily, there are some people that agree with me, the king of movies. While some praise it for his visual elements and acting. I prefer to be the president of movies. So I'm democratically elected. I'd better to be a king than... Or something. Oh, I forget the Jay-Z Better line to is. be a consul of Rome for a year than a king of any country for a decade. I was going to use a Jay-Z line, but I forgot I'm sure it. That's, mar- that's a real line, or pretty close to a real line from uh, Gaius Marius. Who cares, man? That's not Jay-Z. He's not, <laughs> he's not relevant. <laughs> well, Jay-Z culture. never ruled Rome. Yeah, but Jay-Z did shoot his brother over like $100 in crack. He also got kicked by... Uh, um, Solange, uh, Solange yeah. in an elevator. <laughs> yeah, that's badass. Solange rules. Um, yeah, the acting in it is pretty good, though, in the Suspiria remake, so that's fine. Others have criticized its historical political setting for being unnecessary or arbitrary in relation to its other themes. Yeah, so I what? definitely agree with that, but whatever, that's the setting, I guess. Um, remember how the original Suspiria had 94% on Rotten Tomatoes? Yes. Uh, Suspiria Remake has 65% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, it's up there. That's right. It's a fucking loser, flop-ass shit film. I'm being pretty hyperbolic. I think Suspiria is an alright movie. Um, it just doesn't compare to the original at all. Um, I don't know. Like To me, like if you're going to make a remake, or, or you're going you're gonna to remake a movie, it can't just be alright. What's the point? Well, yeah, no, that's definitely my final thought. Is There's no reason for this movie to be made. Because it's not a horrible movie, but it's not as good as the original. And like I said, it looks like all the other movie, the horror movies that have come out since The Witch. So why'd you bother? Why'd you bother? Oh, because of the success of Call Me By Your Name. You thought you could do anything and you bought into your own ego. That's why you did it. Oh, whoops. Whoops. And that's exactly what Michael Leader of Sight and Sound thought. Guadagnino commits the most indulgent of sins. His overstuffed, overwhelming Suspiria, be a remake homage or original vision, simply isn't ever as freaky, fascinating, or frightening as its inspiration. Ridiculous. The most indulgent of all sins is licking your own butthole. 
Oh, what decadence. <laughs> uh, Stephanie Zacharek, Time Magazine. This new Suspiria is bland, grisly, boring, and silly. There is nothing poetic or erotic about it. Take that, sucker. There's tons of erotic shit in the original one. You saw the nightgowns you wearing? I didn't see a single bra in that movie. Oh, well, it's, it's Italy in the 70s. They don't that's right. Them. Fucking, that's that the real shit. That's the uh, second wave feminism. <laughs> That's what right. Is the fourth wave. It's gonna fourth wave is going to roll because it's going to be like cyber feminism. Fucking guns for breasts. <laughs> I saw Austin Powers. Yeah. Greg Swick for Slank Magazine. For Dario Argento, character is just a series of images. Think of that complex opening murder from his 1977 masterpiece, Suspiria, with its shards of broken stained glass and wire noose, that throbbing pink heart being stabbed repeatedly, and those faces contorted into agonizing death grimaces. The sequence is operatic, nonsensical, and absolutely glorious. If the two victims aren't important, it's because all that matters in the film is the manner of their death. The women are simply vessels waiting for their blood to spill. Argento's lurid, unbridled vision takes purposeful leniency with the rules and regulations of reality. His film is strange and ungoverned by the rules of logic, a fantasy of supersaturated variegation and ludicrously exaggerated violence set to a prog rock score that's as apt for murder as it is for dancing. By comparison, Luca Guadagnino's remake of Argento's film is silly and self-serious, a funer- funereal pseudo-realistic drama about political upheaval and the violence of system that's at odds with itself. It's the kind of astoundingly bad movie only a great filmmaker can make. Bloated, confoundingly sloppy, unwaveringly self-assured, yet rife with indecision, a melange of showy indulgences that and an editor should have fleshed out or should have flensed out during post-production. Take that, fool. Oh. 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 So many big words to say this movie sucks. He's getting burned up. He burned him up. Burned him up. <clears throat> oh, hey, again, like, it's a, the original is an hour and 40. Your remake is how long? Two hours, 35. Fuck off. All right. Now let's hear from um, someone who, whose filmmaking prowess and opinion cannot be denied by anyone on earth. Guillermo del Toro. Uh, I mean, sometimes he's he's wrong, but go ahead. I don't. I can't think of a single time he's ever been wrong about anything. <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember what his favorite cookie was, but I don't think I liked it. Go ahead. Um, about the time it was announced that Suspiria was going to be remade, Guillermo del Toro hopped up and said, "We need to get a fucking restoration of this film going." Then that's the important aspect of when films are being remade. Is it's great to have a restoration. Finally, now there'll be a push that we can use to get like a Blu-ray 4K restoration of Suspiria because Suspiria um, hadn't been restored, remastered or anything since like the DVD release in 2002 or whatever. And like he said, this is always a good time to just fucking let's get this shit on the road. And Guillermo del Toro, big fan of Suspiria. So he said... Guillermo del Toro being a fan of a, a strange horror movie. Yeah, he's a cool guy. You're right. One of the coolest, just like me, the king of movies. <laughs> no, you know, we're going to go to war with the president of movies. We can't accept your... You, you can, we're going to ram democracy down your throat. No, it's the divine right. My divine right to be the king of movies. Uh, well, God's divine chosen. right. I've, I've seen Prince Charles. Well, there's nothing God's, divine about that, man. God's chosen. I was chosen by the movie gods. They've elected, they've chosen me to be the king of movies. Welcome. This Cecil is Cecil no B. DeMille. This is Cecil B. Demented by John Waters, King of Movies. 
That's right. This is no longer the VHS cult. This is the, the king of movies speaks. <laughs> Anyhow, Guillermo said uh, Dario especially needs this now that we have a little historical perspective to position Suspiria as the work of pure madness and cinematic joy that it is. Uh, I think it's very important to celebrate his place in history. Uh, for many genre aficionados, it was a bigger movie event in 1977 than Star Wars. Uh, Del Toro says he is among them. Takes hold of the, of the giallo and adds something new formally that makes it a powerful, innovative work of art, he said. There are two types of genre movies. The ones that take you on a ride, but you know it's never to go off the rails. And the other horror films where you feel that the driver is the madman and this bus can go off the off the cliff at any second. That's what Suspiria has going for it. That makes it entirely unique. In many ways, it's unrepeatable. Turns out he was right. Suspiria remake sucks. Thank you, Guillermo del Toro. No, no, that was but they did they did it. We're gonna remake it again another time. Oh we're gonna so, remake the remake. What you're so what you're telling me is you need uh, one more guiding voice to tell you that it was a bullshit idea and tell you the truth about films because you don't trust the king of movies, huh? Yeah, that's correct. All right, well, let's, let's hear what Dario Argento himself had to say about the remake. Ah, fuck you, give me money. <laughs> he already got the money. <laughs> he said, uh, it did not excite me. It portrayed the spirit of the original film. There is no fear. There is no music. The film has not satisfied me so much. There is no sex. My penis, he hang there like a wet fish. Uh, there's another interview where they asked him about it, if his feelings had changed like a few months later. And he said, nah, to me, the remake of Suspiria doesn't look like a well-realized project. It lacks fear, music, tension, and scenic creativity. And they pushed him further and he's like, because oh, they do that thing, well, what movies do you like, you old man? Right? Because you know, that's like the gotcha question for yeah. old directors now. Is like, oh, you just hate anything that's new, He's right? like, my favorite movie, A Guardian of the Galaxy. <laughs> nah, he said films like Get Out and Hereditary have struck me for their beautiful photography, their plot, and their production. So, nope, looks like he still has good taste and the remake wasn't very good. Try again next time, fucking media. I feel like if you, you get a gotcha question like that, you, just, you feel free to just throw out a gotcha answer right back. Oh, yeah, like Terry Gilliam? What, are you scared, Snowflake? Am I triggering you? No, not that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a gotcha answer. Yeah, I originally had planned for to watch another Terry Gilliam movie around like November time. Baron Munchausen? Exactly, yeah. But I was like, I don't want to talk about him again just yet. <laughs> yeah. So. He needs a cooling off period. He needs yeah. a timeout, Terry Gilliam. I don't want to have to look up what he's been up to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so take that Suspiria remake. Um, it's not an awful film. It just didn't need to be made. Um, so don't even bother watching it. If you're going to watch the remake of the original, just watch the original. Um, it is now officially Halloween spooky time anyway, so it's the perfect time to watch Suspiria. So get it in while you can. What are we watching next week? Next week, it is the official start of the Halloween season. So we're going to watch... It's spooky time. Oh, yeah. Well, this one, since it's transitional, like it's going to... Th- this episode will be coming out on uh, September 30th, so it won't even technically be October yet when this next episode comes out. So it's not an entirely Halloween-themed horror movie, but it is Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Hell yeah. Which isn't as good as the first one, but it has a lot of really good jokes in it. Yeah, there's a lot of cool, really funny lines. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just a fun movie to watch. 
Yeah, I go as far. It's um even I'd say it's um got better comedy chops than the first one, but it's not quite as good as the first one overall no, for sure. But it'll be fun to watch. And then um, I don't know if we'll ever watch the third one, but uh, that one's kind of the scale of the third one. I don't like very much. But who knows? Maybe next year. Who knows? Halloween. They'll keep coming. Halloween never stop. No, no, yeah. You, this year's probably the last Halloween. Uh, it might be. We're not going to make it to 2021. It might be. That's the thing is people are like constantly like, man, 2020 is the worst year of my life. It can only get better. And it's like, actually, <laughs> 2020 yeah, might know. be the last good year of your life. <laughs> Looking at the whole breadth of, of human history, it can, it can certainly get worse. Yeah, it's like this might not be. VHS called for it. <laughs> yeah, it's not the hardest hey, you know, summer on record. There's a whole it's series the... of Bronze Age civilization collapses, and we we still don't know what those were about. So yeah, it's not. It the, can always get worse. It's not the histor- It's not like the historically the hottest summer of all time. It's in fact uh, the coolest summer you're going to experience for the next hundred years. <laughs> no, uh, I mean not. In the place I'm living, but I'm moving. Michigan. What's your favorite place in Michigan? Because I've been looking it up. Uh, I know I said last time that there hadn't been a lot of research as to where the best place to live is once climate change hits. That is, in fact, uh, somewhat incorrect. Where's your favorite place to live in Michigan? (laughs) I don't know if you you can drink the water in the lake, right? In the Great Lake? Yeah. Uh, These days, I believe you're allowed to. Yeah, I mean, you probably want to, like, boil and shit. But, you know what I mean? At least there's, like, a fresh water source. And it's big as fuck. Those lakes are big. That's why they call them the Great Lakes, because they're big. I don't know. Fucking what's in Michigan anyway? Snow? Well, not for long. A lot of uh, German and Swedish people in there, right? Yeah, that's all the Midwest. Yeah. The fuck? The fuck? The fuck? Okay. I probably won't have kids, though. I watched Little Women, finally. And I was like very touched watching it and i was like holy shit i want a gang of like beautiful powerful daughters that just like run around and have a good time and they're just like headstrong and believe in themselves and that sort of thing it's like how fucking cool would that be and i was like oh never mind there's like nothing beautiful left to show children (laughs) 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 i won't ever live out that dream it's just uh the scene when their their father played by bob odenkirk comes home from the war I've never experienced joy like that before. Wow. Powerful shit. Someday you could come home from a war. (laughs) Now, the war will be in the streets, so there's uh, no going home from it, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, the the, the battle lines will move, though. I mean, it'll be chaos at first, and then a front will be set up. Yeah, I I mean, no, we're not going to. If we fight here, we're going to lose, so that's the. Well, I I guess guess we will lose in particular. I think the people the citizens of arizona could overcome the government it's just that the government that they will put in place is going to be right wing shit right that's what i'm getting we don't plenty of, plenty of people in arizona with guns and the wherewithal to overthrow the government they're just unfortunately the same people that um love that uh detainees are getting hysterectomies love to kill uh left wing or they would just call it libs um, love to kill gay people. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's who would be in charge here in Arizona. There's not um, much left-wing resistance in Arizona, I have learned over the last um, 
10 years? 12, 12 years of my life. <laughs> yeah. Long time. Not longer than that, I guess, since like 19 or 20. It's like, oh, yeah, the punk scene here is uh, really only about the music, huh? And there's a lot of uh, fucking reaction, reactionary white boys in the scene, huh? Hmm. Quite a bit different. <laughs> All right, that's enough complaining for this week. It'll be a long episode. Suspiria rules. Keep listening to VHS Cult. Um, it was a night, nightgown extravaganza. Try to keep the nightgown energy going for the uh, winter time, the fall time, fall children. It's now Halloween time. Uh, we'll be on Twitch on Friday again. We're going to watch The House of the Devil, which is a very good autumnal sort of Halloween type vibe film. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I don't know. Do we have a Facebook group? I don't know. All them shits. Right I don't know. Well, I did not start a Facebook group. You're welcome to start one of you. Uh, some fans can do it. <laughs> um, yeah, rate and review, follow, whatever. Tell your friends and family. Let's get this shit going. I will be performing a ritual on Halloween that will uh, basically give us a million followers. So you lucky few will be on the ground floor of the cult. I'll remember you fondly. <laughs> but not <Yeah>. favorably. <laughs> when I'm the king of movies. <laughs> That's the point I want to get to, where I can just post on Twitter, like, the next Marvel movie comes out, like, The Eternals. So I'll be like, more like The Fart Eternals. And, and everything, like, oh! Yeah, and then it'll be an ongoing, like, argument, like, when Scorsese said the Marvel films weren't cinema. Like, for a little, it'll be, like, a two-year-long argument. Be like, remember when the King of Movies said more like The Fart Eternals? <laughs> <laughs> he was comparing the, the Marvel movies to farts. Flash ones, get it? Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of power I want to wield. <laughs> Uh, shit. Whatever. Movies rule. Horror movies especially. It's Halloween time. Let's all get together. It'd be alright. Just fucking try your best to enjoy it. Um, like I said, I'm feeling pretty good about it now because it's like summertime. You want to get out there and party. You want to grab women's rib cages. And, you know, you want to fill them up to come. All sorts of stuff. That's summertime. Wintertime? No, you want to take your lady by the hand, take her by the rib cage, and perform a sex ritual where you fill her up with cum. 